stay up to date on the green and gold all off season. The green and gold fix podcast is brought to you by Potawatomi casino hotel, luxury stay, elite play unwind in sophisticated comfort, win big dine and experience the events in Milwaukee. So we were talking to Jason Wildey a little earlier this morning about what's going on with the Green Bay Packers right now. And, of course, the answer is not much just because it is the offseason. Things will start to ramp up as we get closer to training camp. But ESPN.com did put a list out yesterday of its preseason rankings. And Green Bay was ranked fifth. Fifth in the league, which is which is a good thing, I think. I think it's good to be in the top five. Um, we've mentioned how I feel about the defense being overrated and rather kind of fly under the radar as opposed to giving everyone notice of how you're good you're going to be. But this article also says that the Packers' defense is loaded with talent on all three levels. Chew. When you keep hearing people gushing about this Packers' defense, your reaction is? A little premature. I believe Tausch said on paper they looked the part. Uh, certainly didn't look the part at the end of the season last year. We went through how many points like in the last five, six games uh, teams scored, and some of those teams were meh. Right, Gabe? Uh, yes. They have potential. I think two is a stretch. On uh, what Mina Kime said. I think 6-7 is more realistic, but we'll see how this thing plays out. Is 6-7 good enough? With this receiving core? Yeah, because that, I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? No. Like The defense is probably going to have to be the strength, and if the defense is 6-7, is that good enough to make up for any shortcomings they may have on offense? Uh, like I said all along, I am not part of the 62% brigade. I think they have some ping-pong balls in the Super Bowl pot, if there is 50, 50 ping-pong bowls in the pot, I would say the Packers have five or six. I have no idea what that means. Uh, <laughs> what, is that, what does that mean? Ping, what do you mean by ping-pong balls? What well, you, you know the lottery and stuff like that, the big, ooh, yeah, blah, 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 oh, it's a K. Have you ever you know? played the lottery? You know it's numbers, right? Is it? <laughs> Did or you bingo? somehow confuse bingo and think there was a K in bingo? K-72. Don't you remember K- at like 1035 72. at night, they would have their little spot and like, oh, here are the numbers. So they got four, what did I say, five or six out of 50? Yeah, that's what does that where mean, I think five? they're at. Oh, that say the Packers on them? Yes. yes. As far as being one of the top five teams? No, 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 as far as, far as being Winning a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl winner. Okay, so it basically comes down to percentages is what the big Correct. guy is doing. Right, so five of 50. Are we going to have to, when we get to the postseason, we're going to have to buy a bunch of ping pong balls, put some markers on them, and then videotape Chewy being the lottery girl? All right, we're back in! Well, who's got Wait, the most balls? No. I wish I hadn't had the drop over you saying that. I really wish you waited like a, th- a third of an extra second. God bless America. Gabe, who's got the most balls? <laughs> He's you. talking about teams in the NFL, and yes. I would say the Rams. Just as the defending champs, I don't think that they did anything. A.O. Buffalo. I think you could go that way as well. But those are my those are two teams that I think absolutely Ooh. are best primed for a Super Bowl win. But who's got a better chance, Kansas City or Green Bay? I would say Kansas City right now, but that might be a prisoner of the moment because they added, um, they added weapon. Now I know they lost weapons as well. I am I am going to say Green Bay just because I think the AFC is better than the NFC. Yeah, but this is the win the Super Bowl, so they're going to have to yeah, play someone get, from the NFC. You know, I, yeah, you I, I get, get it there first, but don't forget they got an unbelievable tight end and. Yep. Uh, 
they replaced Tyreek Hill with two receivers. Yeah, they went out, got Juju, obviously. That got the Packers would probably welcome on their team at this point yes. in time. Mm-hmm. Um, right, let me ask you this, because this is the other thing we talked with Jason about this morning, and I saw another article yesterday that was talking about defenses, and they had the Packers ranked extraordinarily high. I believe they had their secondary as a top-tier secondary, referencing Jair Alexander, referencing Eric Stokes. They didn't mention Razul Douglas because their measurements, their metrics only went 1-2 at the cornerback position. But, of course, the reaction to it was, great, two cornerbacks is great, but most of your offenses are playing now with a three-wide receiver set, so you got to have a third corner out there who can cover their third guy. Are you buying Razul Douglas? Are you buying that he will be the guy who can carry that mantle for the secondary this year, Chew? He's kind of in the same category Campbell is. You know, Campbell had an unbelievable year. Um, I mean, you want to talk about system guys. You want to talk about quarterbacks making receivers. You could say the same for Campbell, right? Does this system fit his skill set? We don't know. We don't know if he was a flash in the pan or he's going to come back and, and have another great year. You could say that about both of them. Like I said, what Tau said, on paper, yeah, they look good. But unfortunately, you don't play the game on paper. It's got to play out. 100%. And, and it, with the addition... Of And the Packers went through this last year. And you heard Jason talk about it when he joined us. If you missed that, catch it at Wisconsin Demand, wherever you get podcasts. But a lot, with an addition of an extra game in the regular season, going 16-17, to 17, extending the season, a lot of times it's who's healthiest at the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, and the Packers, a lot of luck. Oh, yeah. A ton of luck And the involved. Packers weren't completely healthy. They didn't have David Bakhtiari. Jair Alexander was coming back off of an injury and did not make a play because of that injury. At the end of the game. Well, I'm glad you mentioned injuries because they say on this ESPN.com aggregation, which of course you can find on ESPN, I believe it is behind a paywall, but if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber, you can see their entire list of their preseason rankings, strengths and weaknesses and X factors. They have the injured or previously injured Elton Jenkins as the X factor for the Packers in 2022. Working his way back from a midseason ACL injury remains to be seen where he slots into the starting offensive line when he does return. Nobody on this program is taking anything away from Elton Jenkins. I believe we have said emphatically that he is right behind David Bakhtiari as far as second best offensive lineman that they have to offer. And yet, It's a strange world we're living in when the X factor for the Green Bay Packers' success is an offensive lineman not named David Bakhtiari. Like, we did this the other day, guys, when we were talking about players, and Devondre Campbell was getting all the love as the make-it-or-break-it player. This feels like just another way of saying the make-it-or-break-it player. Are you buying Elton Jenkins as the X factor, Gabe? I'm not, just because I'm going to approach that just cautiously. Bigger guy, ACL, my expectation is that Robert Tunyon would be back before he is, just because he's a little bit of a lighter guy. And it's completely unfair to him, but with the complications that David Bakhtiari had last year, I feel like I can't go forward with an ACL injury thinking, oh, this guy will be back and he'll be fine. It's not going to be a problem. He'll be back and he'll just step in. He'll be the guy he was. I'm assuming at some point he'll be back. I'm assuming at some point he'll be the guy that he was, but I just don't know when that's going to be for Elton Jenkins. I just think you can do... uh to the offensive line with guys. I mean, look at our uh, offensive That's... line. I know the game is different today, mm-hmm. but look at our offensive line when we won the, the Super Bowl. We didn't have a pro bowler. We didn't have anyone special. We just had a unit that played well together, and that's kind of what Green Bay does. That's kind of what they did last year. Even though they lost Bakhtiari, 
I want to say their offensive line was still ranked in the top ten, weren't they? Right around there, probably. I'd take that all day long. But the game has changed. The game is all about explosive players. It's all about scoring. It's all about um, whatever. It's just that I don't put a ton of credence in the offensive line. I'm, I just don't. And yeah, that's where I would come from as well, Chew. I would sit there and say, like, when you are able to cobble together an offensive line, and again, kudos to you for drafting well, for picking up guys, for being able to put something together that was respectable, but when you're able to have success by cobbling those pieces together, it does feel like then saying that a guy on the offensive line being the X factor is putting a little too much emphasis on that position. But and did I'm they have saying, success? Mm, the offense? I mean, yeah, relatively speaking. I mean, but you can't say no. Hey, do you, oh. you do you think the offense didn't have success last year? I would just say during the regular season, sure, but in crunch time in the playoffs when it mattered the most, offense put up ten points. Couldn't run the ball effectively, Correct. and that's when, when you're going up against a team that has that elite front seven, the way that the San Francisco 49ers do, the way that the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did the year before when you were missing David Bakhtiari, that's when those offensive linemen become that much more important. But Gabe, if, if people are going to sit there and whoever did this poll are going to sit there and whoever talks about it and say, hey, on paper, the, the uh, Packers defense has the potential to be good, you look on paper... The Packers' offense is not as good as it was last year. 100%. And last year they were what? 13-14? Something like that. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, you say that all the time. I still don't know what it means. But my question to you is this. Why are we putting the onus on the offensive line? Why are we putting the onus of the success of this offense on the offensive line when we know there's a gaping hole, a huge drought, an issue at the wide receiver position, at the skill position? I mean, look, Because Rodgers may need to be protected a little bit longer for those guys to get open. I understand that. But again, doesn't that just go back to not having the guys you need at those other positions? Doesn't that go back to that? Yeah, but like, you put have... the onus on somebody out there. Put the onus on Alan Lazard to take a step in his development. Put the onus on whoever's going to play the tight end position to give Rodgers an out, to give him a security blanket. I mean, Alan Lazard's, what, 27, 28? Like, kind of is who he is at this point, isn't he? Well, so every receiver is. Sammy Watkins, we know what he is. Yeah. I mean, and I've always said, if Andy Reid can't turn him into a number one or a number two, I have no faith. So, to me, then, you, you take the pressure off of those guys because expecting them to do something that they're not capable of doing, that's unfair to that guy. You know, just, hey, El Lazard, go out there and beat Devontae Adams. That's super unfair to him. Are but you, you, taking- have, you have depth at the offensive line. You have good players, a, a, a pro bowler, perennial all-pro before any injury in David Bakhtiari, a guy who's up and coming and can play any position on the line in Elton Jenkins. You have some of your best offensive players on that line, so expecting more out of them seems to be but a better plan than more don't of the put the yoke on Elton Jenkins. Don't put that saddle on Elton Jenkins, as we know he's the second best, if you know, one B on the offensive line. Put it on some of the other offensive linemen. Put it on a John Runyon. Put it on a Josh Myers. Put it on a Royce Newman and say, you guys got to step up. You know, your guys are the ones that have the grades that are in the 50s and 60s. Elevate your performances, unless you think those guys fall into the same category, and they are who they are. What they've done is who they are. I mean, Runyon's a little bit younger, but... If they're going to be there at the end of the day, Okay. If they're going to be there at the end of the day, on offense, there needs to be a Campbell and a Razul Douglas. Two guys that just come out of the blue, whether it's beefy eight or any of those draft picks that go, wow, he had a year. If they don't, forget about it. 